Hi, this is Sam Garamski. I go by she, her, and her, hers. Hi, um, I'm Melissa Arredondo, and I go by she, her, and hers as well. Hi, my name is Tori Watkins. I also go by she, her, hers pronouns. Hi, my name is Jack Schultz, and my pronouns are he, him, and his. And the unit we're going to be talking about is Unit 1, Intersectionality. And the week we're going to be talking about is beauty standards. So this unit really stood out to us because of all of the things that we were able to learn about intersectionality. And it was our first unit. So we learned about many of the hardships through labor, beauty, and love because of gender, race, and sexuality. One thing that really stood out to me during this unit was when we were talking about um, like uh, beauty pageants and uh, the like the image for a model and how Victoria's Secret didn't want to change their um, their standard their standard for a model being a white, tall, skinny female, but others were moving away from that as they should and starting to um, incorporate all kinds of women. Yeah, yes. I, I agree with that. Rihanna's fashion and um, what she did for her fashion shows really stood out and I found that her quote that she said when she said, I'm looking for unique characteristics in people that aren't usually highlighted in the world of fashion. I found that quote to be very influential of what's going on today and in hope that um, places like Victoria's Secret will learn to change their typical use of uh, skinny, tall, white women as their models and be able to go into working with other women and make everybody feel that they are sexy. Yeah, one tweet that I one tweet that I read about Victoria's Secret versus Rihanna's uh, Savage X Fenty fashion show said the Victoria's Secret show seems to be about men looking at beautiful women. Savage X Fenty show seems to be about women feeling beautiful, and I think that's such an important thing to bring up because, um, as much as fashion shows are about the spectators at the same time your models need to feel beautiful in their own skin and that is the most important thing at at the end of the day it's not all about pleasing the men that are watching yeah I completely agree with that yeah I think you bring up a very good point I mean when it comes to modeling it should be treated the same as any job if you're working a job and you completely hate it chances are you're gonna quit so it's very important to make sure that the models are happy and that they feel that what they're doing as a job is what they want to do. You know, they should be pleasing themselves more than others. Yes, definitely. I definitely agree with that because if they're not enjoying what they're doing, they are not going to be able to fully reach their potential of their life and what they're doing. I feel that by what Rihanna was doing, by bringing in people of all different races, ethnicities, body types, it helps for many women to feel more comfortable with modeling and looking sexy and everything else that they're doing. And I think that's the most important thing, because if you're not comfortable or being around other people with what you're wearing or what you're doing, that, you know, just is not a very good part of your life. And it's going to stop you from doing many things. So I think by what she's doing, it's bringing in some influential mark for the rest of the world to be able to feel comfortable and highlight like the positives in their life. And um, I wanted to bring up, um, going off of what you guys were saying, um, the article that we also read in class um, that was by Hunter Shackleford. 
um, and how she talked about how she faced body violence and uh, gender performance expectations, uh, especially when she was younger because she used to be told like how to act like a girl basically. Um, and that really affected her. And I think that also kind of ties into what we were, what we're talking about. Um, because the way, the way you grow up and like how people around you view gender and, um, like body images as well also has an impact, I feel like, um, on your like self-image. Yeah, definitely. And the way we grow up, how um, the beauty sound standards are surrounding women is something that kind of sticks with us for the rest of our lives. So if we grow up feeling beautiful and knowing that we're beautiful and confident in who we are, then it can definitely set the tone for the rest of our lives and how we how we feel about ourselves. I saw a quote and it was an article from class. It was a different article that I was reading called America's Horrifying Beauty Standards by Serena Fix. A woman should be five feet and 10 inches in height. She should only weigh about 120 pounds. A woman should have big breasts and a big butt. She should also have a flat stomach. A woman should have a thigh gap and have her collarbone showing. And these type of beauty standards that we set to girls from a young age really affect them and will lead to problems in their self-confidence later down the road. So I think it's really important to break these standards before they get, before girls are able to grow up insecure in themselves. I completely agree with that. I mean, there's so many depression rates that are so sky high right now with teenagers and people in their 20s and confident in themselves. And, you know, that's something that really needs to change. And uh, that's just very disappointing in our world today. Yes, um, I agree. I also think it's um, disappointing because it can also affect relationships. You know, I feel like um, as... A woman and like what other women um, go through and are treated because of their body um, they may feel like they're not worthy enough like um, to have like a good healthy relationship with a partner um, and that sort of thing so I feel like that's also um, another factor that is involved in this topic yeah, so, like, what it seems like is these beauty standards, all they're doing is harming, like, 95% of the population of, of women. Because, obviously, not everyone's going to get to those beauty standards. Some For some people, it's almost completely impossible. That's why I believe they just, um, they shouldn't exist, that like, the way they currently do. And the beauty standards should be, like, set for everyone. No, I, I agree with you on that. Um, there's so many people or there's so many um, articles and uh, pictures of women out there that are cropped and changed and it's not even that real person's body it's you know some something has changed for the magazines and things like that and it's just it's very disappointing because that sets the standards even for men when they look at women you know they see you know like a victoria's secret model and they think that that's the standard of beauty so then they want to find someone that looks like that when you know most people are not going to look like that at all and, you know, people need to feel good about their bodies and women need to feel comfortable. And if they're going to be with a partner and they're watching the Victoria's Secret models on TV and saying about how beautiful they
they are, but then, you know, they're sitting right next to their boyfriend or husband, you know, that's not right. And that's not, you know, that's not comfortable for them and they get insecure about things like that. So I think that's something that really needs to change. Yeah. I think social media plays a big role in that as well, because um, girls growing up um, on social media see unrealistic body types for them and they think that something is wrong with them because they see these girls on Instagram or um, other social media platforms and then they think that that's how they should look and if they don't look like that then they're never going to make something of themselves in the world so I think social media plays a huge role into that as well. Yeah you bring up a really good point I'm glad you mentioned it because this is something that I've been dealing with for like um, three and a half years now with my girlfriend whenever um you know, we're on our phones or whatever, or watching something. Uh, she always complains about how, um, you know, she's not pretty when, you know, they bring on a model or something. And I try my hardest to convince her that she is. But since she's, she's been, you know, using social media her whole life and witnessing this standard of beauty that she doesn't have, she just feels that she isn't, even though I try my hardest to make her feel that way. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's just, it's really hard when when you grow up like seeing one thing and believing you're something different but it's it's good that you're trying to make her see that like she doesn't need to look like that in order to be beautiful I think that's very important to just have somebody in your life that's constantly pushing you to think outside of that beauty standard and see yourself in a different light so definitely and social media is obviously here to stay now so I think everybody needs to start working on figuring out how to see social media one way and not relate it right back to your own life and realize that things can be cropped on there, things aren't real. And, you know, realize that most people aren't living like a perfect life like they're showing on the internet and on social media. You know, they have lives just like we do. Another thing that um, I just thought of uh, in regards to social media and um, body image and everything um, is that there was a trend going on on social media recently about how, like, basically some influencers who are women would make short videos on um, the difference between when they edit and when they don't kind of thing, like with filters and like showing how like they really are kind of thing. Um, it sounds kind of weird because, you know, social media can be fake and everything, but they were trying to make a point that it can't, like, it is fake um, in certain aspects. And so um, when I read through the comments on those kind of videos, I found it interesting and, like, really nice that those influencers um, put that out there because it, it's ju- it just kind of serves as a reminder that, um everyone is beautiful and that social media is fake and we shouldn't let it impact how we view ourselves and our bodies for as long as sex work has existed its workers have been shamed continuously and there's an enormous stigma around it that makes these women in these industries feel very uncomfortable and very unworthy of a successful life uh in chanel gallant's article titled fuck you pay me states sex work takes what women and feminine people of all genders are expected to do for free and monetizes it be sexualized by cisgender men validate their masculinity give them attention smile flirt and i think this is a really important quote to focus on because if women are going to be sexualized no matter what they do what they wear how they look 
we shouldn't shame them for making money off of that. They're just taking what's already happening to them and flipping the script on themselves to make it a beneficial thing for them instead of feeling violated. I definitely um, agree with what you were saying. Um, I feel like people have a bad uh, conception of this type of work and I feel like it doesn't do anyone any good to shame others about you know what what they want to do with their lives right and um, I was thinking about how especially like my parents generation (laughs) when they hear about um, this kind of work uh, they definitely you know have their opinions about it but at the end of the day I I definitely believe that you know people are free to do what they want to do with their lives no I definitely agree with you and um like talked about you know Brown also stated um she started talking about how to have like a different positive view on sex work and then she stated that sex workers teach us that our sexuality is our property not his and Uh, that is valuable not priceless the opposite of priceless actually and that we have the right to unbridled joy and getting something for it and I completely agree with that you know this is something that if we choose to do that then and these women choose to do that then you know that's their opinion and that's what they want to do and um, obviously you know people do pay for it and you know they shouldn't have to feel like that you know isn't a a right the right job or anything like that and get um you know hate for it and you know have to work you know and be nervous about getting you know caught in dangerous situations you know the the united states and you know everyone everybody should be able to back them up and yeah you brought up a really good point there when you said that people pay for it so i don't understand why there's such like a negative outlook on them when half the time the people that have a negative outlook on it are willing to pay for the like pay for the sex work so all it's really doing is um like you know if you give it if you give sex workers their like more rights and you know make it not illegal it all it really does is it makes the women more like powerful themselves rather than like empowering the man um i feel like sex work is also uh, taboo kind of for many people or like I guess society um, still even today you know even though people are trying to move forward and not have it so sig- stigmatized anymore um, so yeah I feel like if we can just you know work on getting people to uh, just be op- more open-minded about um about this and just you know kind of let people live their lives and it could become a less more like a less taboo topic in the future definitely and you know women are always going to be sexualized whether you know it be in uh, sex work or outside of that too so you know they should get paid for it if that's what's going to happen so yeah yeah i think another big misconception about sex workers is that people only join this line of work once they've hit rock bottom when in reality they get into this line to stay afloat and to support their families i saw another article um the same one i had mentioned earlier about by chanel gallant um she states sex workers can earn more pay in a single day than in a week in other industries 
and that matters and it matters a lot to people who are confined to shitty low-paid work so I mean they're getting their money from it like people assume that they only join this once they've hit absolute rock bottom in their life when that's not always the case for women it's something that they know can make them good money to support themselves and to support their families as well so instead of staying in these low paid work environments they take something that is already happening to them being sexualized by men and they use that to their advantage and I don't think anybody should shame them for that yeah I I really like that so let's take sex work into like when it comes to like the money they make into consideration and just ignore that it is sex work because obviously a lot of people have just a general negative like aspect towards sex work so if we don't include that and we say that you're able to make the same amount of money in one day as you would in one week almost everyone would take the one day over the week and sex work isn't necessarily harming anyone which is like why it shouldn't be this like negative mm-hmm. definitely and-, and i think that's another reason why it should be you know, considered as a real job rather than, you know, something that these women have to hide so much because obviously there's so many dangers that go along with this. And, you know, these women are always nervous about what's going to happen. You know, they really can't call 911 or they can't call for help when things happen that shouldn't. So I think that's why, you know, that's, you know, they need to back it up and consider it a real job rather than, you know, these women having to hide, you know, in the corners from, you know, being able to say that that's their job. Yes, I agree. And I also wanted to mention um, the fact that I feel like sometimes people can be just so judgmental when it comes to, you know, even women like, um, you know, models or or something like that, um, or influencers like, uh, like doing a revealing shoot or like even, um, you know, like the whole social media, like, only fans aspect and you know I know that it's not like necessarily sex work you know but um I just it's crazy to me that people right off the bat you know as soon as you you do something even remotely like that they can sexualize I guess uh they just have a bad view and they're like oh women shouldn't do that or whatever so I definitely feel like um like people should just work on being more open-minded about um, sexuality and um, sex work for sure. Yeah, one more thing I wanted to kind of touch on about sex work is how a lot of people assume that women in this industry and sex work are doing it, um, part of it is for pleasure for themselves when um, this article also talks about how it's not the pleasure for themselves whatsoever. It's to make themselves the money and to support themselves and it's not about exploiting themselves for the pleasure and aspect of it it's a huge misconception i believe about it it's they don't get pleasure necessarily from their job it's that they're doing what they need to do to support themselves and their families Definitely. I think just overall, there's too many stereotypes about this type of job, and uh, it really needs to start to change. So the final idea I think we can discuss in this podcast today is talking about the idea of love as a political resistance. I think this is um, this goes hand in hand with what 
we learned in unit one about beauty standards and about the stigmas around sex work. So I think this is a good, a good thing to talk about as well and the right to love um, who you love and be who you are. If anyone has any specific, specific things they want to start this off with, the floor is definitely open. Yeah, I agree with you that it's ex- extremely important to have other people that love you. But personally, I believe it's more important that you love yourself first. And with the way everything is today with like beauty standards and stuff, it's very hard to do. So like relating back to what we said, if we're able to like remove all of that and make everyone feel like confident in themselves and they can end up loving themselves and everyone will be able to experience this right to love. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, um, Jack, because I don't know, I feel like when it comes to this topic, sometimes if your family members are more traditional or conservative, um, you know, since they grew up in a different time and, you know, whatnot, um, they may not be as supportive of, like, what you identify as or, like, your sexuality or, like, how you want to to be, I guess, Um, or even, like... um, with your friends, you know, like, I don't know, like, um, it, I definitely feel like it's important to, to have your back, like yourself, because sometimes, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of hard to change people's minds, um, about this kind of topic, um, if they have, like, more, like, different views, I guess, but, but yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And it's become such a hard thing for people to bring up out of fear. And um, using kind of a personal experience, I grew up always kind of knowing that I was a little bit different and I didn't really know how to process it. And I came to terms with the fact that I am bisexual. I've been in a same-sex relationship for a little over a year now. And I was taught in the beginning that I shouldn't really talk about it. Just if somebody asks, you know, I should, I can bring it up, whatever here and there. But it's something that I had to grow into and understand that it was okay to talk about and be comfortable with. And I actually, I came out to one of my coworkers a few weeks ago and they were so surprised about how I just like went, went off and said it. And I was like, you know, it's, it's taken me years, but I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with talking about it. And I think that's how society needs to help people feel is feel more comfortable about opening up about stuff like that. It shouldn't be such a hard thing to do. But in today's society, I still think it's very, very hard for people to do because there is so much backlash and hate surrounded um, by the community. Um, I just wanted to add that um, that's amazing, Tori. Like, I really... Um, like that makes me happy to hear that uh, you were able to have like a positive experience with that, you know, because it like it just really um, it really bothers me that people just can't be more accepting, you know, of others and just let them be, you know. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. You know, that's just a, a perfect example of, you know, what's going on in our world and how, you know, how we're raised and everything else. So thanks you very much for sharing your story. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that it's 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 hard because so many people don't have aren't as fortunate as I was. And it breaks my heart to think about that. Even um, my current partner, her family, when she came out to them, was very, very unaccepting just due to religious background. 
And um, thankfully, they have come around to it through educating themselves and understanding that they're able to love and accept their daughter and still hold those religious beliefs. But it was very, very hard for them. And I'm very fortunate to not have had that bad experience with my family. I was in I was very, very well accepted into um, in my family when I did come out. But it's just sad because it's it's not like that for everyone. And I know that it's changing and it's it's changing for the better, for sure. But yeah, it's very, very hard to think about. Yeah, I think overall, you know, all relationships need to be a give and take between both sides and just working together to form a good relationship. So I think overall that, you know, there needs to be more pull from one side rather than the other right now in order to, you know, set be a, have a better world, I guess you could say. So I also wanted to add about how I feel like it doesn't help when the government you know, when our country isn't accepting in some aspects either, because I don't know if um, you guys heard about like, I can't remember. I think it was when Donald Trump was still president. I think he had started to strip away like transgender rights or something like that, um, because I know like he didn't like allow like um transgender troops anymore in the army or something like that and it just goes to show that you know um it is important to people right like especially i feel like our parents or you know adults in general um they care about like our country's opinion i guess um you know they care about like what the government has to say in certain aspects so i feel like that doesn't help either if like people in power like aren't willing to accept and, um, you know, be more open-minded um, with this kind of topic as well. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. One more thing I did want to bring up was uh, the video we watched titled These Three Sweet Love Stories Show Why Black Trans Love is Revolutionary. And I think this is really important to think about in terms of intersectionality, um, keeping that in mind, because oftentimes when you are hit with multiple oppressions, such as uh, these couples were in this video, being Black and being trans, and being part of the LGBTQ community. Um, it's when they have these different things oppressing them all at once, it's really hard for them to, they're, they almost feel like they need to pick one of their battles, like pick and choose their battles. Oh, are you going to battle being Black today? going to be uh, battling being trans today when they do go when it doesn't they create a crossroad of oppression not two separate ideas of, of oppression and that can be really hard for them as well so I think we really need to keep intersectionality in mind when we think about couples such as well oh definitely I agree with you I mean it's crazy to think like how our world is and how many problems there is with intersectionality right now yeah I definitely feel like um people can sort of um like pick that out even more you know if like someone if someone is hating on someone who's a part of the um lgbtq community you know um like they'll also like look at their race and they'll, they'll um like apart from their sexuality and stuff like that and that's just horrible you know like um Unfortunately, you know, sometimes um, the members of the community may have more than one 
factor, you know, that people hate on them for, but um, that's def- definitely not right. And um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, for sure. And at the end of the day, if these people, these people are showing so much love for one another, and who are we as people to view them as disgusting or abominations if we see that love that they have for for each other and instead of seeing them as such just see that the type of love that they that they share and that they show and we should we should strive for that type of love with whatever partner we so choose to to do so definitely I definitely um agree with you that love is love you know like everyone should be free to love who they want like no matter like race gender um sexuality you know definitely i completely agree yeah i definitely i'm really glad that i had a chance to uh, talk to you guys about these issues because i think the more that we're able to talk about these things and get them out there and share our opinions with different people i think that's going to do nothing but help us in the future and help our society so I really liked hearing your guys's views on everything really appreciate it and I hope that we can continue spreading these spreading these opinions and uh, things that we've learned in this class to other people that might not be so so informed so I hope that for the future for sure Yes, thank you guys. I really learned a lot from all of you. And, you know, I'm happy that we were able to have this conversation. Yeah, thank you guys for being so. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys for, for coming here and listening and talking.